Today's episode is dedicated to Emily Thomas. Welcome to Unsung Stories, where we'll be chatting to unacclaimed mamas in the Christian world who love Jesus, are faithfully seeking to know and love God more and pointing their families to Him. I'm your host, Laura Smith, and I hope that you will find solidarity with a regular mum living out the gospel in regular ways and be encouraged in your own unsung story. Thanks for joining us. Hi, friends, and welcome to another re-listen episode of Unsung Stories. I'm so keen to hear this one again. Not only do you hear God sustaining Stacey in some pretty amazing ways, we get to hear a woman who is humbly dependent on God and constantly realigning her thinking to His Word. With her physical capability as a mum taken away, she's been forced to reevaluate what is she actually called to in motherhood? What does God actually ask of her? I hope that this is an encouragement to all of us as we consider what we are called to as mothers, or really followers of Jesus. Though I particularly hope it offers solidarity to the other mums who are battling chronic or invisible illnesses just the grief and the hardness that comes with it. I'm wondering if you could help Unsung Stories continue. As you might have heard on previous episodes, podcasts aren't cheap to run. So if you are enjoying Unsung Stories and listening to the show, could you please partner with us financially? There's a link on our website or through the links on socials to a Patreon link and your contribution to the show is really valued and needed. I hope that you enjoy this show and let's hear what Stace has to say. Hi, Stacey, and welcome to Unsung Stories. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hi, Laura. Thanks for having me on. Just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit more, would you mind telling us about you and your family life and what everyday life looks like for you? Yeah, so I'm Stacey. I'm married to Locke and we have Ruby, who is two. Uh, we live in the Southern Highlands. We've just recently moved here. And so our days are spent wrangling two-year-old and some farm animals. And then a big part of our days is rehabilitation, physio kind of thing. Hmm. Well, I'm keen to ask you more about that in a minute. But Southern Highlands sounds like the dream <laughs> living on a farm. It's so beautiful. Oh, how long have you and Locke been married for? Um, in April, it'll be eight years. Wow. And what were your hopes and dreams for married life as a couple? Yeah, when we got married, we were moving to Wollongong to work for Christian Surfers. And then the plan was Bible college and then something in paid ministry like church planting or something like that. And so I've had the privilege of hearing your story before and know that the past eight years have actually been incredibly rough for you two. Would you be willing to fill in our listeners on what's been happening in your life? Yeah, so eight years ago, just out of the blue, I got really sick. Um, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease in the colon and it's called ulcerative colitis. So ulcerative colitis attacks the colon and so the colon becomes inflamed and essentially doesn't function (laughs) like it's meant to. And so that causes like huge amount of blood loss and like really extreme pain, really, really (laughs) extreme pain. Mm. So yeah, I got down to like 40 kilo and (gasps) with like blood transfusions and that kind of thing to replace all the loss of blood. (laughs) 
Yeah. Because wow. I couldn't take in any like, nutrients and stuff because like, the colon was like a bear had clawed it on the inside. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then um, six months later, that disease caused the onset of chronic fatigue syndrome. And then mm. since then I became weaker and weaker from the pain and fatigue. And the next six years was like I was mostly housebound and in bed, unable to walk, in a wheelchair, um, couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't shower or dress myself or cook. Meals were in liquid mm. form for a while. And Locke became my full-time carer and did all of this for me. Wow. Yeah, so I like, couldn't go to church or Bible study or serve in the ways that I used to. And then when I came to having Ruby, it um, hugely limited my capacity. Mm, that's insane. Yeah, between what was happening in the colon and then the effect of chronic fatigue, I'd just vomit a, like all the time. Um, so I couldn't really keep much down. Um, had food tubes in my nose to try and get more nutrients in. Wow. Oh, Stacey. Do you still have to have food tubes and stuff? No, thankfully I'm on it. So, again, pregnancy, there was a, a really, really narrow amount of foods that I could eat that wouldn't trigger the pain. Mm. And so when pain was triggered, the pain would be so severe, it would take my body about three days to recover from mm. the extremity. I guess kind of like when you give birth, your body is so exhausted for your whole insides, head to toe is like affected from what you've yeah. gone through. So, yeah, when I'd have a bout of pain, it would then last a couple of days before I could recover from that pain and then the next time it would happen. Um, so it was kind of always just chasing that. That's exhausting. So at the time there was, yeah, a limited amount of foods that I could eat. But then when I got pregnant, I could eat everything so like I sort of been six years of like the most restricted diet like at one point I could only eat eggs and rice <laughs> and oh. like it expanded from that point but then when I could eat anything during pregnancy it was like the bucket list of foods that I wanted to eat were like it was just yeah, donuts and dinner. honey chicken for nine months. Oh. Whoever would have thought that honey chicken that my kids complain I make every night <laughs> would be a luxury food item. Oh, mate. Wow. And even just to get to go out for dinner with your husband, what a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Like physically, that's so humbling. How did it affect you emotionally? Like you had these grand plans and then all of a sudden your husband's your carer and, you know, all your hopes and dreams just were shattered. How did you handle that? I felt pretty out of control. Like I was quite a mess to begin with. Still am on some days. <laughs> yeah, I felt really vulnerable, felt really anxious, but very humbled. Mm. Did it affect you spiritually? Like... Um, don't want to project, but I feel like I'd be, God, I've got these plans to serve you with my life and you've taken away my ability to walk. Mm -hmm. uh, how did it affect you spiritually? Oh, man, it tested my faith like nothing else. Like if I was mm -hmm. going to put my entire hope for living through each slow, painful day, that hope was going to have to hold up. It was all mm -hmm. nothing. All my doubts were brought to the surface and everything put through the ringer. Yeah. 
kind of came down to this. Like if Jesus is who he says he is, if God created us and we were separated from God when we chose to live for ourselves, if that creator of me had to come to earth in flesh to die to pay for my sin, if Jesus really rose so that I could live with him forever, uh, then I am grabbing onto this sweet, sweet news with two hands and holding it onto it until that hope is fulfilled when I meet Jesus face to face. Yeah, living for God just became my everything. This news, this hope carried me through every day, giving me hope, reason to live, like comforting me with the reassurance that though God wasn't taking away this sickness now, he had met my greatest need, and that's forgiveness. And so the rest would, it would come when he returns to restore the world. Mm. So, Stacey, what did you learn about yourself through this time of suffering? I learned that my value doesn't come from what I do. God, mm. he wasn't loving me and pleased with me because of what I was doing for him and what ministries I was doing, but because he chose to love me out of his generous grace. He chose me, he called me, and he made me his child. It was Jesus' sacrifice for me that meant God was pleased with me. It had nothing to do with what I could do for him, mm. which meant when I couldn't physically do anything for God, I was still loved and still saved and still his child. Mm. And what did you learn about God through all of that? Mm. Um, I think his faithfulness was one of the biggest things. Like I feel like I tested almost all of his promises and God held up. Like He really does provide strength. He really does totally satisfy us, even if all we have left is him. He really is enough. His grace is always enough. He doesn't give us more than we can bear. He'll never leave or forsake us. He's near to the brokenhearted. God proved faithful in all of those promises and more. Hmm. So this season of suffering has been going on for a long time now. Have you seen any fruit from the hardship? Like can you see it producing righteousness or peace or perseverance or moulding your character to be more like Jesus? This is a hard one. I had to ask, look, am I nicer now? <laughs> I think mainly in lots of ways, yes. I, but I think the big one was just my dependence on God. Like I, I just really turned to him more quickly now. I turned to mm. prayer as the first port of call, well, sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I guess I have more confidence that he would do as he's promised. He will meet mm. my needs and give me strength. And that's just given me so much more peace and less anxiety about life and all issues of life. And I guess there's that trust that when the answer is no, God is still working for your good. Mm. And you've seen that he's answered no in some things, like he hasn't healed you, but you could see his goodness in other ways. Yeah, so Psalm 119, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn the decrees. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in your faithfulness you have afflicted me. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Isn't that true? Like, mm. It's actually teaching us faithful and it was good. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I feel like I can almost say, like, yes, it's true. I agree, David. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. What a, what a comfort. So you're insanely unwell. And you have a two-year-old. <laughs> What's the story there? How are you going with that? Uh, she was a surprise miracle. <laughs> so 
yeah, in the thick of sickness, like I unexpectedly fell pregnant. And there was huge fear and doubt from our medical team that this baby would develop normally and would I be able to survive growing her and delivering her. And but praise God, like she's healthy. He did it. We're doing it. <laughs> when you were pregnant with her, how did your health go? Did you have to come off medication and it have a negative impact on you? Or mm, um, Yeah, I, I did come off some medications, but in God's kindness, he made, the pregnancy made the autoimmune disease stop and my body had like a nine-month break from the disease. Oh. My insides like began to heal. It just made the chronic fatigue less aggressive too. It was pretty amazing. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. That's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, oh, that's what God had in store for, <laughs> as well as many other reasons. That was kind yeah. of God's amazing surprise miracles. Yeah. And then like health continued wow. to improve since pregnancy. There were some devastating realities too of like, having a baby that I wasn't fit to look after on my own because of still being sick. Mm. I, I couldn't rock her. I couldn't change her nappy, bath her, mm. prepare her food when she was on solids. But she was also the best motivator with physio. Like my goal was to be able to walk independently before she could. <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. you did it. That's so exciting. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was going to ask, like becoming a parent's huge for anyone and let alone, you know, not being able to walk. So how has your husband gone through carrying that load and caring for you, caring for her? Do you guys have a good support system? Uh, Locke is our hero. He carries the load with such selflessness and humility and grace. He's given his life up for me these past eight years and it's been brutally hard at times, but He's sold out that Jesus is king, so he takes up his cross every day, sacrifices everything because Jesus is most important. Mm. Yeah, and we have amazing family that have helped us and incredible church. So for the most part of my sickness, we were at Salt Church in Wollongong and they honestly carried our burdens and suffered with us. They just met all of our needs, like physical, spiritual, financial, like between meals, mining Ruby, mining me so that Locke could have respite, bringing church to me so that, like listening to a sermon with me, praying, opening the Bible, cleaning. One friend met up with me one-to-one for six years. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they, I've got goosebumps. That's so beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's because of church that we're still trusting Jesus, hey. Oh, and Jesus. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has kept us yeah. table. But, yeah. Wow. What a testament to that church. And isn't it just a reflection of what God planned for the purpose of church that God created? Like that was his design. And so it's been beautiful to see that yeah. play out like a mini heaven. That's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a mini heaven. Yeah. God's been refining you through your illnesses, but how has he been refining you through motherhood? I think God has been humbling me to allow myself to be weak, depend on him, to have the confidence that he will provide every grace and every strength to fulfill the calling of motherhood according to his design. He promises to in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses 
so that Christ's power may rest on me. My weakness is displaying his power. When we're made to rely on God, then it's his power and his strength that's revealed. Jesus is actually enough. Like I can totally rest on his presence, power and grace to get me through each day of mothering. Most mornings I wake up and think, how am I going to do today? But I don't have to rely on my own ability. I have Jesus' power and grace. Really, Jesus changes this and instead I can wake up and rejoice that God's power will rest on me today, hard as that is to remember. (laughs) Mm. Um, How has your illness shaped your perspective of motherhood? When I first had Ruby, I really questioned why God would call me to be a mother in this season when I couldn't do the mothering. Mm. I felt sad, guilty that I couldn't fulfill God's calling of mothering. And I didn't understand how I could please God and be a great mum if I couldn't change my baby's nappy or vacuum floor. But God has been teaching me that he has a different purpose for motherhood than to just meet Ruby's physical needs. Uh, Deuteronomy 6 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God's design for motherhood is that we love the Lord and point our kids to love the Lord. That's what matters to God. So being a godly mum isn't about what we do, but what God does in us. If this is the purpose of motherhood, then my standard and expectation for myself wasn't a biblical one. And I really had to let go of that idea of motherhood and kind of align myself with God's purpose for me as a mum. It's so freeing because without me using my hands at all, God fulfills his purpose of motherhood in me when I love and obey him. Just faithful trust in Jesus fulfills his calling of us. His purpose in calling me to motherhood now in this season of sickness is so he could grow me and refine me. I realise that the best thing I can do for Ruby as a mum is to be humble to this refining work of God and become the closest reflection of the image of Christ that I could possibly be this side of heaven. Stacey, that's beautiful. (laughs) And I think that's true for all of us. That So we might all not have the use of our hands taken away from us, but I think most mums would agree that we've been humbled through this season of not feeling like we are the mum that we thought we would be or you know, just stripped of our pride really Um, and that it's not in what we do, it's what Jesus does in us and that the good work of motherhood is growing us to be more like Jesus. So thank you for reminding us of that. It's such freedom in it, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, there really is that like it's not who's the best mum in what we do, like have Pinterest-worthy home Mm. or um, do amazing craft. 
He's not teaching us to do the dishes well. He's teaching us to point our kids to Jesus. And our picture of what a good mum looks like isn't necessarily the plan of God. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, what has God taught you about himself through motherhood? Mm. He's taught me that he doesn't need us to be strong because right? mm. he is God. He's the strong one. Um, Ephesians 1 says, the power that rose Jesus from the dead is the power he gives us. So it's not running out. <laughs> I've, I've tested it a lot. And it, it, hasn't, it hasn't run out yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know. Wow. What a gift we have been given. That's amazing. Mm. Uh, Stacey, what's something that you think all mummies need to remember? in this season? Um, probably two things. The next time you have the thought, I can't do this, just grab hold of Jesus and remember now his strength is working through you. Rest in his power, strength and grace that he's made available to you. And the second one it's not what we do, but what Jesus does in us. Hmm. It's his work. He is making us ready for heaven. And Philippians 1 says he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He will do it. That's beautiful. Could you offer any encouragement to another mum who is struggling with chronic illness or disability in this season of motherhood? Oh, I, I wish I could give you a hug. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, massive. Um, I guess I want to encourage you two things. You are loved and your illness has purpose. So first, you are loved. God loves you, sister. He sees you. He sees your every grief and pain. He sees you giving up the parts of mothering you've longed to be well enough to do yourself. Mm. And he's in his love, he has given you this cup. The same love that sent Jesus to die in your place to redeem you is the same love that allows this season of hardship. You are loved. The second one, your illness has purpose. You might be so, so disappointed with the mothering you can't do, but God is not disappointed with you. He's chosen you to be refined, to have a glorious faith, to display his power through you. That's a mighty thing God is doing through you. He isn't wasting a moment of this pain. So, like in Romans 8, God is using your pain not only for your good, but for your children's good too. Because sickness magnifies to those around you that you hold Christ as worthy, that he is your treasure. So as your kids experience for themselves the groans of the broken world when they witness your pain and suffering, they see you say that, Christ is your all. They see you say with tears in your eyes, God is good, not my will, but God's be done. 
They see God's power being shown through your weakness. They couldn't have learnt this if we were healthy. Your illness has such purpose. So keep persevering. 1 Corinthians 15, your labour is not in vain. Amen. Stacey, thank you so much for coming on this show, for the hard work it was in preparing and for being vulnerable with us. To show that it's through our weakness that Christ's strength is on display and that as Christian mums, we need to be doing all we can to point our kids to him only because we all aren't up for the task. It's not in what we do, it's in who we depend on. As always, I'd love to finish up this show by praying. So, Stacey, it would be an honour if you could pray for the women listening to this show. Lord God, we groan and we ache at the brokenness of this world, the brokenness of us. We're sorry we resist the challenges and weakness that in your love you've given us. Lord, humble us to accept the cup you've chosen for us, our good and your glory. Please lift our eyes from worrying about what we lack and where we're weak and trust that your power is made perfect in our weakness. Trust that you will provide the power, grace and strength that we need. Please help us to even rejoice when we're weak because your power will rest on us. Thank you for the calling of motherhood. Thank you for being right there with us, labouring with us. Thank you that all you ask of us as mothers is to depend on your grace. We can leave the rest to you. Please help us, Lord, to desire desire godliness so deeply that we will grab onto the opportunities in motherhood and give us to be refined. Please mould us into the image of your Son, and ready us for heaven. Thank you that because of your resurrection, our labour is not in vain. We wait to share in your eternal glory, Lord. We are waiting for you. Amen. Amen.